And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling Made and angry Hear that co-host shouting It's Dander and Jay all right, welcome to the latest edition to hear that podcast. Growlin, Paul Hunter Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic, coming to you on Thursday, one week away, Jay. One week. A week from tonight, as we're recording this Thursday afternoon, a week from now exactly, we will be twiddling our thumbs, awaiting <laughs> the long day of waiting uh, to see uh, who the Bengals will be selecting in the first round. Maybe in the first round. Maybe we'll be waiting all day and they will not walk away with a pick. Ooh, early exit for us. I could take that. I take that. That's a that's a lot much easier night. Might be able to get home in a decent hour, get some sleep. Love it. Um we got the post first round pops. You gotta you gotta have those. We could add those in. (laughs) Could add those in. Um I, I can't believe it's it's only a week away and on the other hand, it feels like I can't believe there's still a week to go. Yeah, I mean, it just feels time. like we've been in this for so long. It's been a touch exhaustive, but we. But I want. I want to. I, I want to give you guys a little look at everything that we have coming. Um, so very excited uh, about everything we're going to do next week. We're going to have the refreshing the mega mock draft uh, mm-hmm. where we go through the universe of players. We're going to have a crossover with our good friends over at Locked On, uh, James Rapine, Jake Lisko. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, kind of going through the universe of players. We'll have Mo Egger involved. We, we did it last year, and it ended up being a really helpful exercise, I thought, because yeah. it really ended up being – you know, I spent a lot of time trying to predict that universe and just looking at history and the good the way to gauge it. And we ended up being right in there. James had the first pick and took Dax Hill and uh mm-hmm. and it really was about what was available. So I'm excited to do that um next week. We're gonna have um of course, walkout episodes after every day of the draft. So you can look forward to that Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. That'll be coming to you. So you can expect episodes from us there. Um, we're going to do a live room, uh, you know, uh, on the Monday after the draft. So you'll have questions on everything you heard, everything you saw. We want you to be able to get your questions in. So we're going to do that uh for a lunchtime on after on the monday after the draft and then it is back oh it's back mm-hmm. when we're hoping for no tornado yes. warnings this year <laughs> uh we're back live at 50 west brewing company the tuesday after the draft so tuesday may 2nd uh seven o'clock is our projected starting time right now we'll be live myself Jay Morrison and Bengals director of college scouting, Mike Potts, uh, and maybe some other special guests. We can convince them to come by and uh, drink some beers with us. Uh, it could, could be added to that crew, but really excited to have Mike. We tried to do it last year and there was an actual tornado warning. Uh, and so we couldn't do it. We did it. We just did a recording at the stadium, uh, but really excited about that. Of course, we love all the live events. We hope you will come out, have some beers and listen to the breakdown of everything that happened on their path to the draft class that will be coming next weekend. So it's going to be a jam-packed week of content here on the feed. So I hope you got it locked in. Yeah, and and, and Mike is a guy that you have heard from some from our conversations with him, but you don't hear a lot from him. And he is, if you if you haven't heard him talk, uh, he is excellent. He, he's a great source of information. He's obviously in the room. This is, this is he and Duke are kind of the point men on this draft. And I, I think it's going to be really interesting. doesn't matter how it shakes out. It's going to be interesting to hear 
how they arrived wherever they arrived. Yeah, it's a great stuff and a lot of the background on how it all went down. And so one of my favorite podcasts all year and the idea of getting out the 50 and add some beers in the mix with it makes it even better. So we hope to see you all out there. Um, so that's kind of what we have coming. Look out for any any moves that we might make on that. We might add some stuff in here. You never know what's going to mm-hmm. happen, but uh, just you're going to want to be uh, checking the athletic app every morning and uh, checking, refreshing this feed because there's going to be tons of stuff coming to you uh, over the next week and a half. Um, All right. Today, uh, tight ends, corners. Um, We save maybe the deepest for last, arguably, and two of the most prominent positional needs for the Bengals. So we're going to dive into both of those. Uh, Duke Tobin spoke with us today. Um, Jay, not a whole lot there. I mean, it certainly wasn't newsy. This was, he didn't arrive there hoping to break any news and didn't, uh, really, uh, any major takeaways from you from some things that, uh, Duke had to say with us today. Um, yeah, you're right. He didn't have a lot to say. I, a lot of it is because it, it, it's not, he's not intentionally being coy. There's just so much that is dependent on, he, he, he joked when you, you, your first question was who you going to take. And he said, well, if you tell me who the first 27 are, I'll tell you who I'm going to take. <laughs> and th- that's just the, the part of it that they've got to let it come to them and see. But I was, he didn't shoot down the notion of trading out of the first round. Um, he, he said it's hypothetical at this point. Again, you, you got to wait and see, uh, when you're on the clock and who's willing to come up and what they want to give. Um, it said your question too about that is the, the reluctance to trade out of the first round. Um, is it because teams don't want to give up the the fifth year option on that guy? And he kind of he downplayed that. He said if if the guy's good and productive, you're going to sign him to an extension anyhow. So yeah. the fifth year option doesn't really matter. Sound like a non factor. Uh, yeah, um, I asked him about possibly drafting a quarterback when you know Joe Burrow is going to be your guy for seven and six years, whatever it's going to be. Um, and he said that, that yes, that is on the table. He didn't say they were going to, but again, when they get in the later rounds, it's it, it's that classic best player available and if is a quarterback they're not going to shy away from taking that guy just because they have one of the best already in the league um and i i think that about well the, he addressed the jonah thing too but he, he just that, that's where you were talking about he didn't want to break news he said um we've we value jonah we expect him to be a part of this team there's no news on that front uh he said we should hold him to this he said if something does happen we'll be the first to know so better be yeah, I mean, I assume he was speaking directly to me since I was the one that asked about that. I was. <laughs> yes, I, I want to be the first to know, and then I'll tell every other outlet after that. Me and then every other. Yeah, outlet. yeah. Then we'll then we'll put it on Twitter, and then everybody else can have it. Uh, ideally, um, so yeah, no no real updates. They, they, you'll you'll be happy to know they are quote trying like heck uh, to yes. get get guys extended. I don't know that that's breaking news. I think we knew that, that they were attempting to do that and everything that's going on. We addressed that um, a little bit the other day, the Jalen Hurts thing and Burrow. We know they're working on it and uh, we'll, we'll see uh, how it all shakes out. Um, let's, let's, let's go ahead and, and dive in again. Not a, not a ton there. Jay will have a, a story up maybe. Uh, <laughs> if it seems up being worthwhile uh, on the site uh, at some point, uh, kind of going into something that was said there with Duke Tobin. And I'll have much more on Duke next week, so uh, uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, let's talk tight ends. Uh, what a class, man. Like, so this is not, I guess, let's talk about not breaking news. I feel like we've been talking about this um so much i feel like we have referenced the tight ends and some of the options over and over again over the course of the last month that it almost makes it feel repetitive to dive into it again um but you know it's it's important to really get into the dynamics of who these guys are where they come from and and what is the fit you know because here's the thing there's so many you can probably get the exact type that you want and have multiple options in front of you of those of that type. And I think, you know, for the Bengals, yeah, Brian Callahan at, at the Combine talked specifically about what they want about when it comes to drafting a tight end. And he said, quote, ideally you're looking for somebody that has the traits to be able to physically do the job, the height, weight, and speed and athleticism for what tight ends have to do 
uh, be big enough, strong enough, and physical enough to block and still run, catch, and be explosive in the passing game. Um, you know, I, I think traits is the is the word that I circle there. Again, traits, yeah. traits, so traits versus production with tight ends is is always a big part of this conversation and i think if you you know they lean traits that's that's their feel i that that word traits and then that quote was in the forefront of my mind a little advance here there we've got an afc north whip around coming out on friday one of the questions was name one player in this draft class that you're most confident that your team will draft and and I went Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion because of the traits, because of what what Brian said about getting a guy with traits and letting him develop. Kuntz, his traits, his his timing, everything, his workouts, everything he did, it's all as good as they've ever seen from a, a tight end at that position. And I, it doesn't mean they're gonna take him, but if if, if I'm picking one player, I'm most confident that they land. It's him for a couple reasons also that. If they take Michael Mayer, if they take Dalton Kincaid in the first round, that doesn't rule out Kuntz in the fourth round. Or if they don't have a tight end yet, Kuntz is on the board in the fourth round. And I, you're you're right. I, I wonder if this looks like the the Tyler Croft C.J. Uzama draft, where you, yeah. you get one guy who is the better blocking prospect, and uh, the then another guy who is the more athletic, better receiving prospect. Um, I, I we can jump into this right away. A run passer boot. What what position are the Bengals most likely to double dip at in this draft? Is it tight end? Is it running back? Or other? Tight end. Yeah. I mean that would have been mine as well. I mean, those spots are open. I mean <laughs> right they in have the two spots open. Uh yeah. in, in a draft that is deep as can be at the position. Um you know, I, I think you'll see a guy that in the sixth round that they take and they will feel like has a potential to be a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not this year, but maybe, but you know, that you like him. That's just the nature of this tight end group. Like that's what it's going to be. Um, I, I regretted I'm doing go long with uh, Tyler Dunn on Monday. I said, should have had him come on here and just talk about oh, tight yeah. ends with us. You're because right. he, 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 his headline on his, uh, on his website was hallelujah. The year the tight end is here. Uh, <laughs> no one's more excited. Who the man who literally right behind me here wrote the book uh, on how tight ends can save football. This might be the class of tight ends yeah. that can save football. There's so many good players in here. I let me differ with you on something here. I I don't I wouldn't put Koontz in that spot and for one reason. There's some there's 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 one factor here when I when I started going through trying to pinpoint of this group where is the, you know, the names to circle that make them the most sense. There was a couple of factors to me. There was the traits. So relative athletic score. I mean, you go, when you look at all the best tight ends in the game, and I went through and compiled essentially the top 10 in the last three years, um, you have of the, let's see, eight with Raz scores, because you have one, Pat Fryermuth did not uh, have one, didn't have enough completed stuff. Uh, You have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of nine, I should say. Seven of nine have a RAS score of not of nine or better. Uh, elite level. Um, it's a traits game and it's a development game. And you know, you have Pitts and Hawkinson were picked, they were the first tight ends in their classes. Kyle Pitts, legendary freakish. Hawkinson mm-hmm. went off eighth overall to Detroit. Um, Hawkinson has maybe not been great. But he's been pretty damn good. He's actually been amongst top tight ends. He just he hasn't lived up to eight overall. The rest of them, mid rounds, man, mid rounds. Um, you got your your big four that have consistently been on a different tier of everybody else every year, grading seventy five or better. Um, are Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, and Dallas Goddard? That's your group right now. They're on a totally different level of consistency than anybody else in the league as far as using grades as, as an object. And you have a guy who was the – Kelsey was the fifth tight end, Kittle ninth, Andrews fourth, Goddard third, 
in their classes taken. And you have Goddard, second round, 49 overall. Andrews, third round, 86 overall. Kittle, fifth round, 146. Kelsey, third round, 63. It's not that guys like Pitts and Hawkinson aren't worth it, aren't, don't have, ever, check every box. It's that this, there's just no position that's harder to truly project. Mm-hmm. It it just it it has been it's proven itself over and over and over again. I'll go down the rest of the list. Fryermuth, second round, fifty fifth overall, second in his class. Uh, Chigo Okoronkwo from uh, Tennessee, who had, who was the top graded rookie last year, over seventy five as a rookie, fourth round, one forty three, tenth tight end selected. Pitts, Hawkinson, I mentioned. Gronk, of course, uh, back when he was still playing, he counts in here, 42nd overall um, and the second in that class behind Jermaine Gresham. Mm. Uh, and Darren Waller, sort of an outlier case with everything he had off off the field early in his career, but he was a six-rounder, 16th uh, tight end selected in that draft. It, it makes it, you know, to me, it makes me look at the mid-rounds it makes me look, you know, it's just over and over again, second, third, maybe into the fourth. But really, that second, third seems, is, is really a spot as a honey hole. Back to my beginning of this long rant, and that was Kuntz blocking willingness. Don't need to be good at it. Mm-hmm. You need to try. <laughs> it needs <laughs> to look like you want to. So I factored that into the group. Guys that were going to go in the mid rounds had a. Raz score um, that was above nine and had a block willingness number that was adequate on the PFF draft guide. They they have a out of 10. And anybody that was basically five or six or better, I, I counted that as good enough. Um, here's where that landed. Kuntz is a three out of 10 on block willingness. He just doesn't look like he has any interest. I mean, he's a, he, he, it has, it's, he's Gesickian. Okay, mm-hmm. Mike Kosicki, right? Like just traits and can go catch it and everything else, but like you're just not going to get anything. You might you're just a big receiver, and I, that's not what they want. No, they they they, they don't want to feel like the trend is out there when that they want this player to feel like you still you very much don't know what they're going to do. You're not not a hand tipper. So there's three guys: uh, Brenton Strange, Penn State. He I I think he is the sleeper gem of this class. He wasn't used a ton at Penn State. Uh, they just you know, but when you when he was used, it looks great. He's a RAS score over nine block. He's a, he's a, he's a very tenacious as a blocker to eight out of ten there. Um, the other factor for me is contested catch percentage. We know how Burrow likes to give his guys a chance in one on one matchups. It's his style. He can throw these probability balls. I mean, F it, Jamar down there somewhere. T- every <laughs> ball ever thrown to T. Higgins. Like, you see this over and over again. I mean, we've seen him try to do that um, at times with the tight end position. Um, so I, I think contested catch percentage is important. That's 62.5% from Brenton Strange. Very good. Sam Laporta of Iowa. Uh, he has a Raz over nine. His contested catch percentage is thirty eight percent, but he's a he is really great after the catch. Really nice with separation. That Iowa offense was a total dreadful mess, and he still found ways to produce. He was the only weapon there, and he still <laughs> found ways to produce. He he is somebody that makes a ton of sense here. I don't think you've seen the best of him yet when when he has the, those three receivers around him, and then Tucker Craft from South Dakota State. Uh, who is an identical Raz to the other South Dakota State tight end who I just mentioned earlier in Dallas Goddard. Mm. Um, almost, I mean, it is unbelievable, Jay. Almost identical it's- when you when you put them side by side. 9.64 for Dallas, 9.68 for Tucker Craft. Uh, both 6.4 and a half. Dallas, 256 pounds. Tucker Craft, 254. They both benched 23 times. Dallas didn't run, so I don't have his 40. But vertical, 35 versus 34. Broad, 10.001 versus 10.002. <laughs> Shuttle, 4.31 versus 4.29. Three cone, 7.02 versus 7.08. I mean, it's it's unreal. And I hate to do that because it's unfair for Tucker Craft to come in and everyone thinks he's going to be Dallas Goddard. 
I mean, they're both from small South Dakota towns and went to South Dakota State, Jay. It's the Spider-Man meme. Yeah, it really is. And (laughs) and you could only hope if you got him wherever in the second or third round. Those are the three guys that really stand out to me as checking Bengals boxes in the highest degree of probability because you know we can get into the debate here in a minute about first-round tight ends. Those are those are checking contested catch block willingness traits um, that that that, you know, they've kind of outlined a little bit. Yeah. And the the willingness thing is is a good point because they do run so much of 11. So you, you don't want to tip your hand if, if it's if you even if you have two guys, one's great at, at catching the ball and the other one's your your better block run blocking or blocking in the pass game, whatever it is. You don't want to tip it, and you're not going to have both those guys on the field at the same time to handle different duties. So that that is a good point. I just the 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 traits aspect of that, and who knows? I mean, maybe you he was playing at Old Dominion, and, and you mentioned Strange. Strange is a reason that that Koontz went to Old Dominion because he couldn't crack the lineup at Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it maybe he wasn't asked to do it very often there, and and James Casey and the the Bengal staff drills that into him that he needs to be, I mean, he's got the size to do it and, and maybe that willingness light goes on. Um, but it, it, that the Goddard comparison with craft is, is amazing. I just wonder, you know, how soon, if it's, is it first round or fourth or is, is sec? I mean, I know they're all in play, but you know, if, if it's you, if it's mayor or Kincaid, either one are available to, do you pull the trigger there in the first round on one of those guys, or do you you say there's there's other options? If 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 they've got a light grade with another position player, do you go get the other position player because you know there's so many strong options, third, fourth round in these F tight ends? Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is I mean when you're talking about what's the fall off, Kincaid for you're asking Kincaid yes, mm-hmm. I, I, I Kincaid is unbelievable. He would be. What a weapon. I mean, just you turn on the tape and watch this dude. He 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 might have the best hands in this draft, yeah. any position. He might be the best offensive playmaking weapon. Um, not na- you know, not named Bajan Robinson. You could argue when you really when you I mean, he you have a real weapon there at, at tight end with Kincaid. And and Michael Mayer, there is nothing wrong with Michael Mayer. Don't overthink it. He is the most polished, ready to go day one guy in this draft, even more so than Kincaid. He's he's well rounded. He's just a he's a beast as a blocker. Contested catches his thing. You love that with Burrow. Mm. I mean, he he checks all the boxes. Um and but Kincaid to me he's just special in the pass game and he gives you plenty of willingness as a blocker but he's just special in the pass game and brings you something totally different uh that I think would fit the Bengals in some kind of way um I don't I don't expect him to make it to them and and he doesn't hit the Raz profile as much he's not the super tester but you watch him and he's something else Uh, to me him I wouldn't do the same for Mayer because what you're talking about, what's the difference, you know, because these guys that you know will be around there, whereas can you say the same about corner? Can you say the same about defensive tackle or or even maybe edge? But, like, maybe you could. Um, but I, And then positional value, I have a really hard time uh, pulling a trigger on a tight end in the first round when you do have a draft that is this deep and and has this much quality to it. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events 
the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You know what I love about Kincaid, and it, it comes from the beast with, with, that Dane Rugler had in there, is this guy was a no-star recruit coming out of high school. He wasn't even going to play football. He was going to go to Colorado State and study abroad. And then all of a sudden, some small schools start showing some interest. And he goes to San Diego, and then he transfers to Utah. He goes from a no-star recruit coming out of high school to a likely first-round pick in the NFL. That tells you two things. He's willing to work his ass off to get better. Mm-hmm. And his best football is probably still ahead of him. This yeah. is a guy that's just kind of ascending into to what he can be. Um, so you're right. He, I, I mean, I, I do think you consider him and Mayor if they're there at 28, but he is my favorite in the class by far. Yeah, and I mean, anybody from here would is obviously be very excited if Michael Mayer ended up being – yeah. Uh, with the Bengals, you know, from Edgewood, you know, Cincinnati zone, love Joe Burrow. Like, I mean, you would be, you, you'd be right in line, right? You look, you, you love that pick. I, I, I just, you know, I, there's just so much evidence <laughs> that the, you, you don't know that that guy in the first round is really going to be better than anybody mm-hmm. and that you can take in the second or third. And you know, you're going to have these options available that can fit you. Um, and and they've made it to within an eyelash of winning championships the last two seasons with some guys that are okay at tight end. Okay. I mean, the idea of using premium draft capital when they can have a lot of positions of need that really are true difference makers on a position that they've been just fine being just fine mm-hmm. and can continue to get these one-year prove-its that can come in if you're not you know, in any situation over and over again, especially if Irv Smith ends up having a year. Right. Like when you have those options, it's a tiebreaker. It's a big tiebreaker for me. And I think if you have a corner, if you have a Forbes, if you have um, a Miles Murphy or, you know, one of the, one of the D tackles, um, I, I think it's a, t- it's a big time tiebreaker for me there where I'm going that direction rather than, going tight end again i would say besides kincaid i think kincaid's that much of a difference maker he makes their offense that much better because he is truly special as a receiving weapon that the rest of them i i think i'm passing and this is going to come off as like daner disrespects kentucky native right like i <laughs> i don't want to come off as a michael mayer hair it's not what this is i just think at that point um i'm thinking more about the value of the position in the second and third round you know, after Duke's press conference today, he asked us, who do you guys want us to take? And we, the, the consensus was local guy that likes to talk to the media. And that yeah. would be my, that would be Michael Mayer. Um, I did look and see, and maybe this is skewed a little bit, but the positions drafted in the first or second round from 19 till last year. So during the Zach Taylor era, um, lowest on the list is centers with six and next lowest is tight ends with eight one of which was Drew Sample in Zach Taylor's first draft uh, taken in the second round. Now you look at wide receiver, cornerback, linebacker, edge. The, the, the positions at the top of the list, 
there's always at least two on the field at every at every point. Whereas tight end, center, there's there's only one. So that kind of that kind of skews it a little bit. But you're still talking about wide receiver forty two, corner thirty, linebacker thirty, tight end eight, and center six. I think everybody's kind of of that same mindset that you, you don't need. You're you're fine being fine at that position. Yeah, um, a few other names that I do that I want to make sure we we address that are in the mix here. You know, Darnell Washington is a name that that opened everybody's eyes at the combine. He's a total freak. I mean, you got six seven two hundred and sixty four pounds out here um, running like the wind. You know, with a four six four. 40 yard that's just moving the way people shouldn't he's long he's, he looks like a, he could be an offensive lineman if he put on a few more pounds it, it's it's unbelievable to me the washington conversation is this is if the Bengals are gonna lean towards what's their special trait which would mean an early pick i mean they probably have to take him with the first round pick or have moved back to the early second i don't think he will last to 60 maybe he does i don't think he will um, they're gonna lean towards a guy who can is a receiver. Like they throw the ball, so I to me, I just think that would be what they would, where they would go. They would they would want the guy who that's what he does special. Whereas Washington is fine, like it doesn't show up as much. Uh, his his that rare athleticism. I mean, he's an absolute monster in the run game and blocking, and you just love that. Um. You'd love to pair him with, if you're <laughs> building a team. You'd love to pair him with Kincaid, right? Or, or one of the more receiving options, a Laporta. Uh, but to me, I, I think if that's the one top one they're coming, I think if they would want the special trait to be somebody who's a little bit more is more dynamic of a, of a receiver and not their special trait being a guy like Washington who's just gonna just push people into the ground. He, he, it would be fun to to watch, but sure. I'm, I'm with you. There's no way he he falls to sixty. And even then you wonder if they did trade back into the second round, is it, is it still a reach for him at, at 33, 34? It just, it, it feels like he's, he's in kind of a no man lit land of, of where they're going to be picking that he's, it, it, he's going to be gone by the time they take that second pick and probably would be a bit of a reach uh, wherever they pick with that first pick. Yeah. Um, a few other names in those middle rounds. Um, Luke Musgrave of Oregon State is kind of a weird. I feel like we never hear about him. Yeah. He, but he's fast as can be. He's plenty big enough. Um, you know, he'll he's he'll get after it enough as a blocker. The the contested catch and the and the catch radius stuff is not as he's more of a speed up the seam type. Um, you know, the stat that's been thrown around a lot is that he broke 20. I think he was the fastest, one of the top five fastest people by the GPS tracker, uh, at the senior bowl, any position, any, you know, he's out there running. It was 20 plus miles per hour for a tight end. I mean, that's dangerous stuff, but it's, he's not, you're not getting that, some of the dynamic catches, um, and stuff you see also, but I mean, the dude can really move and get after it. He's six, six, two fifty three. check, check, check. Right. Like there's there's a lot to like there. I'd be curious. I, I I wonder how much of injury history with him and just that maybe not being the most dynamic going and getting it type um, pushes them away. Or they've secretly quietly for years said, we just always want someone who can sprint up the seam. I don't, you know, I don't know it, which way they, I don't feel like they would fall that way, but um, that's kind of why I maybe have him a little bit outside of, of where I think they, they might focus their interest. Yeah, it, it, he he played four years at Oregon State and only had two touchdowns. And if he's that good with the contested cat, why weren't they just throwing it up to him in the red zone and taking the chance? That's yes, you the, the speed aspect of it is the big part of his game. The other thing too is you know Joe Joe Burrow doesn't tolerate it, and and he did have nine drops. He had two touchdowns and nine drops in his career. That is not a good yeah. ratio. Not a good ratio, no. But I mean, Dane has him as his third overall tight end. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot. Point being, there's a lot to like there. Uh, traits, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in the traits world, uh, they're there. Teach the rest, right? So um, another one, um, I think you you get down into Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan, who maybe doesn't play the most 
dynamic, but you know, he had a high res score. I mean, he's he has a good athletic profile, but when you watch him, Jay, like I don't feel like he plays like that. I don't see that athletic profile show up. It doesn't look look to me that like you see that as much when you watch him play. The other thing is he turns 25 in September. I mean, right. uh, and you're not you're not probably thinking about second contracts for these guys, but that is that and and Zach talked about this at the combine. They they really don't know how to approach this because you're going to start seeing it a lot more with all those teams getting the extra or all those players getting an extra year with the COVID year. And you're going to see some older guys coming out. And do you value the youth or do you value the experience and the the guys that maybe uh, the, the light has gone on a more because they they've been around and seen more and they're, they're, they're more mature. I, it's interesting, but that, that seems really old for a rookie to be 25 in his rookie season. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, Two other names that I want to point out. I'll say we'll, we'll add one more for our, for the locals um, that I want to point out are are Davis Allen uh, of Clemson and Payne Durham of Purdue. Now Allen is uh, a third fourth round grade from Dane, um, and, and Durham has a fifth or sixth round game. You feel those feels like that could be your double up, right? Like I I think I've mocked that before as their double up like if they waited and did a did a third, sixth or something like that. Um at, with the tight end position, guys that had if you read the beast, had the coach loved them, competitive, mm-hmm. drive, their their physical, you know, they 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 are plenty physical type of players but they're competitive they get after it you get the most out of them they've got plenty of traits it's just going to take some time you know captains and all that stuff those two the later round guys that fit that they're not very fat i mean they were ran slow and i think that's the problem it's why they'll be around uh you've got allen at 484 uh durham at 487 in the 40 far and away uh the slowest in in this entire class but have kind of everything else would they be tolerant of not the fastest for competitive spirit and all the other things um maybe at later in the draft certainly something that you could could try to project yeah absolutely because you're gonna i mean these guys are gonna have linebackers on them a lot with the the weapons the bengals have as receivers and it's, you want a you want a fast guy, but it's not, you don't have to have that for for this offense. Again, you, you're not looking for this tight end to carry you. You like some explosive plays, obviously, but willingness to, willingness to block, be where you're supposed to be, actually catch the ball when Joe throws it to you. Those are the most important things. Yeah, catch it catch it when Joe throws it to you, or you won't <laughs> see the, you won't see a whole lot of balls coming your way. Um, and you know that's 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 a big part of it. And there there's there's just so many of them. You know, we haven't mentioned Josh Wiley uh, mm-hmm. from UC, uh, a guy who's going to probably go off some point in day three, middle of day three. Could you know they've had him around here, of course, uh, for the local pro day and UC all day pro day down here, all that stuff. They they know him well, um, have you know plenty of knowledge of 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 who he was, which was you know really beloved within that UC program. Maybe there's a stay home. Uh, hometown pick that could happen there with Wiley. Who knows? Um, I, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't mind that. Um, I, I, this is just a, it's a fun class. It's it's a fun group to look at. It's going to be really fascinating to see how many go off in the first three rounds. Um, the the record in recent years is is eight. Um, how many go off in, in in the first three rounds? And and who ends up being? You no, know, who? What does this end up looking like in in a year and a half? It's the question I keep asking is not who's going to be the best tight end right now. Who's the best? Who is the best tight end week eight of 2024, Jay? Who yeah. is that? That's what this is. This is about a guy that can develop within a year and a half. He could be the star of this class. Who is that? It could be anyone. History tells mm-hmm. us that. And I think the depth of this class and the unique nature of so many guys with traits tells us that. And it, the the guy that it'll be, it it might be someone else if, if he went to a different team. It's so much of it is about fit and, and where these guys end up and which which quarterback, which offensive coordinator, which scheme, all of that. I mean, there's a there's a lot of potential what you want to say 14, 15 guys into this class. And it is. And you 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 quoted it earlier in the in the podcast here. These guys, the ones that are the elite, they aren't coming from the first round. They're coming from the the 
set late second day, third day. So it is, it, we should, we should somehow star this, mark this, write this down, set a reminder on our phone on week eight of 2024 and go back and see, remind ourselves that we asked this question and, and go back and see who it is at that time that has emerged as the guy. Uh, run pass or boot round the Bengals take their first tight end. One, two, or three. Three or later? How about... One, how about, two, three, or four or later. Yeah, day one, day two, or day three. Right. Um, I, well, I've done it in every mock I've had, so i got to stick with it. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i run with day three. Um, I'll, I'll pass on day two, and I'll, I'll boot day one. Just because the two that are... That, that I think they would take if they were there, I don't think are going to be there in Mayor and Kincaid. Yeah, I would agree that with that assessment, I don't think that they'll yeah. be there. So I'll boot uh, I'll, I'll boot day one as well. I, I will run with day two. I, I think they do it. I do think that they'll see – it's one of those two picks. They're just, I think these one of these guys are going to be really hard to pass up when you talk about a chance to get a real difference maker. I think you're, you know, because of the depth, you're just – I just think you're getting a guy that you – if. With the third round pick, they'll probably get some a tight end that they probably have a two a two grade on a two C maybe grade on a back of the second round grade on I would guess. Um, it, if if when you when you consider how many there are and and the potential how many you know teams can only take so many tight ends like there are only so many teams that need one or have willingness to take one so and I, there's also going to be teams willing to wait a little bit because they know that there's more waiting on them down the line. So, and that'll be the interesting part about the Kincaid mayor conversation is will teams pass on them knowing what's waiting in the second and third and fourth round here? Yeah. Will that push them down the board? That's certainly um, something the Bengals will be watching and, and potentially hoping for. All right. So here, um, well, here's a question that can kind yeah. of segue into the next position for you, because you, you you're running with, with day two for a, a tight end. What what position group are you most certain the Bengals will have or will take before day three? So through the first three rounds, what position are you certain that they will target? Because they, they they can go all all kinds of different directions. Yeah. Do I have to separate uh my defensive interior players with my edge players, or can I just say defensive line and try to win yeah. this bet? Yeah, you can say D line. I'll say D line would be my number one. I think they'll, I think they'll take one in the first three. It may be the third, mm-hmm. but I think one of those first three picks is a defensive lineman. If you'll let me group those, um, I, 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 I think, I think corner. That's my pick, and then tight end. Yeah. I, just corner it the corner is the opposite of tight end where the the it happens there's not a lot of good ones coming after round three i mean it not right. not near like it is with tight ends where right. you look at the the quality corners in the league and and we had the athletic had the uh they where the pro bowlers come from and they had broken it down by rounds and if, if you're not getting one in the first three rounds he's He's not going to be much uh, or most likely. And just with even though it's not a major need with what this team likes to do with with stocking that position and, and getting the guy the year before they really need him. It just it, it feels to me like that's the one I would put the money on that. They will have a corner on the team bef- before they get to Saturday's round for fourth round. That is a great segue, Jay. That is a perfect <laughs> way to get us into talking about corners. Uh I'm with you. I, look, these these guys are long enough, fast enough, uh, and can make plays on the ball, or they can't. And mm-hmm. if you can't do that in this league at that position, it's over for you. And that's a part of why corners get drafted early, and you rarely see those later in the game, um, later in the draft end up making huge difference. It happens. It's just a, it's, there's so it's such an outlier to, to get that type of production. You know, we we saw last year, I mean, the Tariq Woolen, uh, Kobe Bryant thing that happened in Seattle is remarkable um, to see guys that go late 
Yeah, but but Wool, you know, a traits guy, uh, Wool, who had he had the ability to do all that stuff, just as mm-hmm. small school that that uh, that hadn't uh, really proven it on a high level, and then in the right system, you know, the Seattle was a, was a was a comfortable system mm-hmm. to make them look good too. There's lots of guys this year, though, Jay. I mean, the this corner class is like it's very it's anarumoing e. It's long. Yeah. fast fast and and there's a lot of ball production here and it's it's like you know you just have so many guys that are over six foot i mean there was a time where it felt like it was rare when you found somebody who was tall and long at the corner position there's so many guys mm-hmm. were were shorter um and faster that way and now you've got this whole class it's like the opposite of the receivers you've got this whole yeah. cr- whole class that's 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 really long and and tall and a lot of things that, that the Bengals are looking for when they start talking about corner. We talked about corner a lot in the trends episode, um, and and who what they what Luana Rumo has treasured, what he's looked for, what he's wanted, and you know, speed, length, ball production, ability to get in there and try to make tackles, uh, some physicality out there. Um, it, granted, that's what most people are looking for. But certainly, we 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 can pinpoint a little bit of uh, who Luana Rumo wants his corners to be. Yeah, and the length isn't just height. I mean, it's the, the arm length is a is a very big much thing so. with Lou. Yeah. And where where do we cut it out? We said no one under thirty one would be. Yeah, I think that would that probably be a point of maybe a point of no return. Uh, is anything under thirty one? Yeah. Yeah, so that rules out DJ Turner and Clark Phillips among Dane's top 10. But most of these guys do have that length. Yes. Long arms and the speed and everything they're looking for. Yeah. And Turner, th- I mean, maybe they'd be arguing 30. I mean, maybe. 30 maybe. and three quarters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, when you talk about 426, okay. <laughs> uh, if you give me 426, I'll tolerate 30 and three quarters, <laughs> right? There's a, there's a diff. There's a, there's a reason why those two can be paired together. Look, I, I just think who's most like Gonzalez and Witherspoon are at the top. They're, they're going to yeah, go off gone. early. They won't, they won't be around. And then, you know, depending on where you look, I, I mentioned at the top of the, sh- the episode, um, plotting out the universe of players for our mega mock thing. And I try to find anybody that, you know, the, the, between Dane and, and Daniel Jeremiah and, you know, the consensus board looking for anybody that, that has certain guys available after pick 23, basically, you know, five picks earlier mm-hmm. is somebody who could be a possibility um, of, of the trusted names that you look for. And Deontay Banks was like right on that edge where I didn't have that, but it was cl- everybody had him. Cl- a lot of people have him at like twenty four uh, mm-hmm. or in the early twenties. Um, I don't think it would be stunning if he slipped, but it's not expected. No. Um, Joey Porter Jr. is not expected to slip. There's not many places you find him slipping down and and i really don't want to have to go down the the well of that storyline <laughs> um so maybe banks i think i mean banks is someone they would love remy ran a four three five he's got long enough arms uh production all that stuff i mean banks to, to me would be a no-brainer type of pick uh if he slipped to them and then a guy that we've talked a lot about emmanuel forbes i mean you've the, mocked him I've mocked him multiple times. I continue to. I probably will do it again. Um, I I just think he feels most likely to be there. I keep coming back to him. Um, You know, he's 166 pounds at (laughs) 6'1". Outside of that sentence, you can't say anything really that bad about him. I mean, I know I've on the NFL on the prospects to pros show Dane Brugler was talking about yeah you know he he does freelance some but that's also how he ends up with so many interceptions and pick sixes but he said he his point was it's not a thing where he's freelancing out of control he he freelances within reason calculated risks it's not something that's getting him burnt all the time and and, and that makes a, the big difference in why you you like it the more you watch it I he just makes so much sense. He makes so much sense for everything he's done in terms of production, in terms of speed, in terms of length, in terms of uh, his awareness out there. I mean, uh, I just keep coming back to him and, and the likelihood that he will be there because teams might, maybe some teams would be a little nervous about 166 pounds at six one. 
I don't think the Bengals will care. I think they they see a guy who's more than willing enough to try to get in there and and make make tackles, um, but be the Devonta Smith of corners, right? <laughs> is he? I mean, so how do you freelance as a corner? Is he is he try gambling and jumping routes, or is he is he yeah, going jump off of his stuff man? Maybe looks a little out going, of scheme, yeah, yeah, but but you know, but stuff that he's seeing things and trying to and anticipate, um, and maybe it's not always the perfect anticipation, but then. You, you end up with six pick sixes and and uh, fourteen or so all you know all the stuff he had, including in high school he was intercepting everything that was yeah. thrown his way. Uh, he's just every year he's ever played football, uh, he's been a guy that just has that knack uh, for making plays. And you know what the Bengals need, Jay? Plays a, a corner who can pick the damn ball off. Like they just yes. don't. I mean, you look around and you don't it's it's not like the league is full of corners with six seven eight picks like that doesn't happen all the time a lot of the picks do go to the safeties they do go to other players but it happens plenty for i mean it's not a non-factor and the Bengals just don't like their corners just have not picked the ball off you know chitabe awuzie uh eli apple have what two two last couple of two each in the last two years in the last two years and that's that's like that's just not their lat Cam Taylor Britt got his first in the playoff game. Yeah, you know they just have not been a team that has had that element out of their corners very much, and I think it's something they're missing. And so to find somebody who has done that, uh, I I think is very tasty uh, for the Bengals defensively. The, the the freelance conversation versus the playmaker conversation reminds me of of Cam Taylor Britt's first start last year at Cleveland when he mm-hmm. early in that game, he gambled on a ball to Donovan Peoples Jones and Lou said his coaching point was don't ever do that again. <laughs> um, so you, you wonder, I mean, is that something that, that Lou would embrace a guy that, that takes chances like that and freelances and makes the occasional play or does he want the, the strict scheme follower? I, I mean, I think at some point early in a guy's career, you want him to be, what you want him to be. And then maybe after he proves himself, you, you allow him some of that freedom, but that, that just kind of resonates with me is, is would that be a guy that Lou would like um, based on, we know that he, he wants guys to follow the script. Yeah. I mean, 14 interceptions and we have six, six pick, pick six, pick six is <laughs> new FBS record. Yeah. And I, I, I go back to it and we've mentioned it. I mean, go watch the pick six uh, against Kentucky. He just sees the bubble screen coming. He anticipates mm-hmm. it and had the acceleration to beat it. It was like he threw it. It was like it just got thrown right to him. He mm-hmm. did, he ran the bubble screen in front of the guy, jumped it, got there, and and waltzed to the end zone. Uh, it's it, it, to me, it speaks volumes about you know who he can be. I, I he's the guy. When I I I keep coming back to that, you can already hear Lou sitting on. Uh, the stage with us on Thursday night saying all of these things, mm-hmm. you know, boy, this just felt like a player. If you get past the 166 and you're not worried about injury stuff there, which is the question that it, it, they'd have to answer for themselves, uh, you like that. If that doesn't happen, though, um, you know, there's a few other names. You, you've got Keely Ringo uh, from Georgia. After that, you you've got you mentioned Turner from Michigan with the four two six Clark Phillips from Utah Darius Rush a guy that I know you've you've looked at with the Bengals in that mm-hmm. second round area uh, along with Cam Smith you know both of those guys um, is going to be are going to be in play from South Carolina a lot to like there um, you, you know this is there's there's quite a few Cam Taylor Brits in this draft i think that you could see them really liking and making a second round play on knowing that he'll have time to develop and they won't need him immediately uh, i i think you could you could see them pushing that button again because there's some people that could be there right in that spot um that that would make all the sense in the world when you're talking about you know those mentioned those names i just mentioned yeah and then another one that's he's outside of dane's top 10 but julius brents from kansas state with all mm-hmm. the all the measurable, all the traits that, again, if you're if you're talking about development and and kind of a injury insurance this year, he would fit that. And he's not going to be a guy that likely would go in the first round, but that that's he would definitely be in play at sixty. 
Yeah, uh, that's that's yeah. I think you're you're exactly you're exactly right about that. But uh, so a really interesting group. There's depth there. I mean, you get you can even get into late, and and you never know. I mean, when you start talking about some of these guys that are around later, whether it's a you know a Riley Moss or a Trey Tomlinson or somebody. I mean, I there's some of these guys are short. You got you get these short armed guys that we know Lou will stay around from Riley Moss, Trey Tomlinson, 30, 29 inch arms. There's some that you maybe you're crossing off because of that. Uh, but there's plenty of traits in the in the back of this. Jacorian Bennett from Maryland, you know, four th- ran a four three. Uh, he's got plenty long enough arms. He's 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 made play. I mean, there's there's plenty of guys in the back half uh, of this draft that maybe they'll take a shot at too. I just think they're most likely to be all in on a, on on one of those early picks, like we said yeah. when we started this conversation. And then are they done? But I mean, I don't I don't know that that's a position where. You, you would be likely to see the the double up, and they've done it before. They did it with uh, Darius Phillips and Devonte Harris that one year. That the, the Darius Phillips is interesting because I went and looked to see what 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 production of Bengals got from guys corners that they took after the second round. And Darius had a he had a decent run. He had, he, he 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 played meaningful snaps um, before him. You have to go back to 1994. Corey Sawyer, the first pick of the fourth round mm-hmm. to find a cornerback that the Bengals drafted after the second round that made any kind of substantial contribution. It's just, it's it's what the position is, and it's the what the Bengals are, where they are, they are. I don't want to say hell bent, but they are. They know what they want in a guy, and they are not afraid to use a first, second, a prime pick, even if it's not an area of need at that moment. And you know they're also playing 19 20 games a year they hope maybe more 21 right uh and attrition is just part of it and to me it just sets up they it just sets up everything about the way they have handled this position this offseason mm-hmm. and everything the way it's set up screams first or second round corner it yeah. just does i mean sydney jones isn't that like he, he sydney jones makes you feel okay he does it but it's nothing that you're going to be sitting there saying we're good now right right just and like you have Smith a guy in cheeto you have a guy in cheeto whose contract's up and coming off an acl and he's going to be looking for the third contract that the Bengals mm-hmm. don't give out especially at a corner position and a guy who's speed based and you just got that spot. It's just sitting there staring at you. Like they don't have the fourth corner or the corner of the future. Like they, and you have a draft that's full of guys that they would love. And they're in a position to take one. I just, you know, to me, I think it's a focus. And, and, and all of that conversation is why I keep, you know, coming back to Forbes or Banks if he slides. Um, and, you know, maybe it's another, maybe it's one of these, these other guys. Maybe, maybe they love Ringo. Maybe they love his competitiveness that he showed down at Georgia. Um, we don't, you know, we, we're not privy to their board of rent, but there's a lot of names in there that make a lot of sense. Yeah. And to think that some of those will be on there on that board waiting for them. Um, boy, it just feels like a train that you can see coming. It's almost Which like the best kinds of trains. Right. What yeah. <laughs> is like an either or? Because if if all those corners are gone, then that means there's going to be some other really good players available. Because if if that run on corners happens in the first round, that just it they are in a position where they're that that's the the Sidney Jones signing, just like the Irv Smith signing, just gave them some flexibility where they didn't have to commit early. They can they can wait a little bit if it doesn't fall the way they want, and so it wouldn't be ideal to say see five or six corners in the first round, but it wouldn't kill their plan either. No. Tolerable floor is what they have with Jones and Irv Smith, you yeah. know, where it's like you you're you you know it won't be worse than this. This is a fine spot to be at uh in, in with those positions. Um all right, really looking forward to uh to seeing how all of this plays out. Um and uh more more mocking will happen. We'll, we'll, we'll dive. Yes. Uh, more mocking coming your way next week. Again, we have we'll have the mega mock draft. Uh, it's kind of setting the universe for the first few rounds um, and, and going through some of the options there. Um, always good to cross over with uh, James uh, and and the Lockdown Crew. 
um, because it's 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 just we we don't get a chance to really hash it out with them very often. It's fun to do. Uh, so looking forward to doing that. And then uh, again, walkouts coming to you after every day of the draft and the live show at 50 West Tuesday, May 2nd, seven o'clock Bengals director of college scouting, Mike Potts uh, will be joining us there. We hope to see you down there. Bring your friends, uh, bring your questions, uh, bring your, your drinking pants and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and we'll and have, your we'll DD. Have a, yeah, that's right. That's right. And your, uh, your Uber app or your Lyft app. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll love to see you down there. All right. Thanks everybody for listening and, uh, bearing with us through all of these shows. More to come next week. We're almost home. We're almost home. Uh, all right. Thanks. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you.